The Beef and Dairy Network is sponsored by Mooey's XL, the new bovine pacification lozenge from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. With its mix of aloe vera, Korean ginseng, and locally sourced street smack, Mooey's XL will calm even the most rambunctious of herds until they're totally zonkbusters. For 10% off your next order, simply bring me some more Mooey's. Please, I need it. I need it so bad. and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and printed magazine, brought to you by new Mooey's XL bovine pacification lozenges. Stay tuned for the beef forecast and the milk prices, but first, this week here at Beef and Dairy HQ, we received a phone call from the office of Philip Seastrom who was previously interviewed on this podcast when, as part of his work at the Food Standards Agency, he was instrumental in shutting down the horrific slaughterhouse of slaughterman Eli Roberts. Such were the scenes of horror that Philip witnessed at the slaughterhouse, he took the rare step of burning the premises to the ground, an action which cemented him as one of the most exciting young case officers working at the agency. The phone call informed us that Philip had further news about Eli Roberts. However, when we received that phone call, it wasn't from the Food Standards Agency, it was from Animal Welfare. Uh, hello, I'm Philip Seastrom. Uh, I used to work for the Food Standards Agency uh, and now I work at Animal Welfare. I started by asking what was going on. So when I got a, a call from your secretary, uh, Philip, I was very surprised to learn that you're now working for Animal Welfare. And I was surprised because I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone before who more embodies the world of the Food Standards Agency. Well, that's, that's very kind of you to say. You know, I, your I... hands were always washed. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never holding a raw chicken breast in your hand never i would say i've never touched i've never touched raw chicken things were going so well for you at the food standards agency i believe you were given the food standards agency's equivalent of a medal of honor the golden baguette yes a lot of people were talking about me eventually being in charge of the food standards agency and what happened then i mean why aren't you there now well uh as you know i went through some some traumatic experiences whilst i was there i thought i was fine and then all the images started flashing in my head. I couldn't really sleep. So I just had to, I had to hand in my notice and hand in the golden baguette, sadly. You're saying that the sort of the psychological impact of your, of your former dealings with Eli Roberts is what caused your downfall at the Food Standards Agency? Very much so. Honestly, every time anyone brought it up in the office, I'd have to go to the toilet and be physically sick. But you're a hero. Well, that was part of it, I think. Just the pressure of, of being a hero and the the absolute trauma still floating around in my mind. I just needed to get away from it because it was difficult being physically sick, you know, nine, 12 times a day. Especially when the whole object of the Food Sons Agency is to minimise the amount of germs being around the place. Well, exactly. And you, you know what I'm like. If there's any vomit in the area, I'm going to have to give it a full scrub down. So the majority of my working day was being sick and then making sure everything was squeaky clean and then immediately being sick on top of that again. You called me and, and you asked to come on the show and I'm really happy to to host you here. Thank you. And the reason you did that is because you have more news about Eli Roberts. I do. So what has happened now? Unfortunately, my first job working for Animal Welfare, Eli Roberts was the first criminal that I stumbled across. We raided Mosquito Mayhem, a mosquito-only zoo. uh, And lo and behold, it turns out that Eli Roberts 
was the proprietor of this absolutely disgusting venture. We actually interviewed Eli Roberts on the show about uh, Mosquito Mayhem. It, it raised certain concerns here in the office, but to be honest, it felt like he'd turned over a new leaf and that he was doing something positive with his life. Well, if you think a mosquito-only zoo is positive, I think you have to examine your own ethics because what's positive for the mosquitoes? Let's say that I wanted to start my own mosquito-only zoo. Please don't. How would I design it in such a way that the mosquitoes within the zoo would be happy and healthy? Do you need to stimulate a mosquito? Well, of course, every every living thing needs needs stimulation. So you could perhaps show some films. I mean, they're not they can't really follow a plot, as far as I know. Can't go too art house. So maybe some an Adam Sandler film or something. You could pop that on a loop. I mean, we've not looked into it, but I feel fairly confident saying that. Adam Sandler would be a mosquito's favourite actor. Let's talk about the raid itself. I know it's probably a, a bit traumatic, but if I can take you back, the, the spectre hangs over this whole event is the fact that the man at the centre of this is the same man who was behind the the slaughterhouse that you so successfully burnt down, but that left deep traumatic mental scars Yeah, on your psyche. Well, this is when everything starts to go wrong with me. I'd... I'd... Uh, maintain quite a meditative state approaching uh, approaching Mosquito Mayhem. And then as soon as I saw him, that all went out the window. We uh, we kicked down the door. There he was. I did not expect him to be fully naked. And as if that wasn't enough, uh, once you sort of tear your eyes away from the, from the junk uh, and look down at his hand, he was holding what I, what I can only describe as, as a sword. A sword? A sword, yeah. Uh, Absolutely terrifying. Throughout the remaining altercation, he referred to his sword as Bertha, which, whilst also terrifying, made the situation even more unsettling. So he'd actually named the sword with a woman's name? With a woman's name. and So even though I was scared that he was going to use the sword on me, I was also thinking, ooh, who's he named that after? But it's his his mum who's dead, but he still talks to her. And uh, how did he use this sword? He started swinging it around his head and garbling some mad nonsense like he was speaking in tongues and call me mad, but there was something about what he was saying that the mosquitoes were responding to. How were they responding? Well, they were, they were circling around him and then two distinct groups flew around the side of us and converged on us. He'd essentially formed a mosquito army. So what happened to Eli Roberts? Well, he disappeared. Uh, We did not manage to take him into custody. Uh, Once the cloud of mosquitoes had cleared, he'd gone, vanished. Like a magic trick? Like a magic trick. When you and your colleagues at Animal Welfare look back on on the raid and Mm. you evaluate, uh, will you see it as a success, as a failure? I think the only way really to describe it is is as a failure we went in there to save these mosquitoes and we went in there to to hopefully apprehend Eli Roberts uh he's nowhere to be found uh and uh, a lot of mosquitoes died that day and we're going to have to look at the way we conduct raids from now on or indeed whether we should be spending so much time looking after mosquitoes that's up for grabs is it as a as a concept well we've we've i we've spent almost 900,000 pounds 
on mosquitoes in the last six months. And there's a lot of angry people. They don't think we should be dedicating so much of our funding and so much of, of our time to mosquitoes when, when horses are being kicked every day. I saw a boy throw a frog against a building. You know, we should probably be concentrating on stopping that sort of thing happening. Is that something you agree with? The frog? No, I don't for one second believe that you agree with a boy throwing a frog against a building. But I, I wonder whether you agree with the point of view that says you're spending too much time and money on these small invertebrates like mosquitoes. Uh, and you, you should be spending more time stopping that boy throwing a frog against a wall. Of course, there's nothing good about a boy throwing a frog against a wall. I saw an old man kick a, kick a goose square in the square in the mouth. I've seen those things, but that's one animal that's happening to think of how many thousands of mosquitoes are simply with quantity, the sheer quantity of mosquitoes. Surely we should be dedicating proportionally that much more money to the mosquito cause. Yes. I feel bad about that goose getting kicked in the mouth. Yes. I feel bad about the frog against the building. No, I don't think that cats should be dressed up like pilots and then thrown off the top of skyscrapers. No, I don't think that. But when people are doing that to thousands of cats, come and find me. I'll be in my office. So do you know what Eli's doing now? Obviously, he escaped um, behind the cloud of mosquitoes. Hmm. Do you have any sense of what's going on with him? Well, uh, yes, we do have an idea. We've, we've managed to track him down. Uh, he's moved away from the world of mosquitoes, and I'm sorry to say he's actually moved on to the, uh, to the world of people. It's a religion. Some people are calling it a cult. What I would say about seeing Eli with the mosquitoes, he had such a huge amount of control over them. He was such a powerful presence that I think he was rehearsing. I think he was rehearsing for his big plan, which is to control people. What do you know about this religion? Have you got any information? Well, it's called the Church of Eli, uh, which would suggest that the figurehead that the church is based around is is Eli Roberts. The Jesus type figure is uh, is a bull. Right, is a bull, uh, I believe, called Malcolm, who Eli tried to kill uh, a, a fair few times. That's as, as much as I know. But the fact it's called the Church of Eli would suggest that it is quite. It's a vanity project. So many people have, um, th- throughout history, have, have found religion and, and actually become better people as a result. And, and do you think this, this, this could not be the case with Eli? This could be a positive step for him? Well, no, I don't think it's a positive step at all because he's preying on the vulnerable. It's who he's finding, uh, uh, the, the homeless, the recently bereaved, the former drug addicts, people who watch Formula One all the time. These are the sorts of people that he's preying on. The Beef and Dairy Network is a investigatory, campaigning, journalistic organization, and I'm thinking I've got to get down there. Yeah, I've got to get. I've got to go and see the Church of Eli for myself. Do you think that's a good idea? I would say don't go there. Uh, having been to two former Eli Roberts institutions myself, um, I will never be the same again. So, if you want to go down there, by all means, it's a free country. But what you see there may irreparably change you. With Philip's warnings ringing in my ears, 
I decided to contact Eli. He wouldn't speak on the phone, but invited me to visit the compound from where he runs his new church, the Church of Eli. I began by asking him for his side of the mosquito mayhem story. I'll be very honest with you, it is a very sore subject. Uh, unfortunately, there's been much waiting and gnashing of teeth, but uh, mosquito mayhem, I'm afraid, is no more. The man, as the, the young kids say, the government, uh, deemed it that uh, it was, uh, well, not just a health and safety risk so much as lethal. Right. Um, you say lethal, were there any actual fatalities? We had an 85% mortality rate, which, you know, you can spin that around and say that's a bad thing. I would say that it's a 15% survival rate, you know, and if that was, uh, if that was a natural disaster... You know, the, the main difference being though that in a natural mm. disaster you don't tend to to pay and to to experience it. Well, no, they don't. But uh, by the same token, he, when you when you sign up for Mosquito Mayhem, you knew what you were signing up for. You know, I mean, the 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 newsletter was 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 there for all to read and in the foyer. Very long story short, they they got the legal bodge involved, and I I was not I just couldn't be bothered to go through all that process of you know courts and, and funerals and, and oh, post mortems and all that nonsense. It's much easier to cut your losses in that situation. Walk away from it with your head held high, and just move on. Did you feel um, any sense of failure when Mosquito Mayhem I, had to close? No, not as like this. I've never had any truck with the F word. I've never considered myself to be a failure, you know, because I've always got back up. Eli's always dusted himself off, you know. So you would, you would describe Mosquito Mayhem as a success? It's a rung It's a rung in the ladder that I've climbed. Right. It's a rung to, to, to where I want to be in life. Well, you're, you're... I could have not done it, yeah. I could have not done it and I could have saved hundreds of lives. But who's to say that would be a better course of action? You? Who's made you boss? Yes, there was people coming to me crying and, oh, I've lost my children, I've lost my grandparents, I've lost my wife. And I think that process has helped to forge a shield. I think I think a, a, an Eli who never opened Mosquito Mayhem would have been a weaker, weaker Eli. It's a kind of case of um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger then. It was exactly that, isn't it? Although it did kill you quite know, a lot. Of- well, it didn't kill me, you know? Do you know why it was that... That you were spending a lot of time at Mosquito Mayhem yeah. yourself every day for yes. a period of a few months. Yes. Um, and as far as I know, you didn't get any of the diseases that the mosquitoes no. could carry. Yet, no. you know, people would come and visit for maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, and would leave and then later succumb to, to malaria. Yeah. Why, why do you think that was? This is, was part of, I think, I think it was the first step on, on my spiritual journey. Was was the whole of mosquito mayhem? Why why was I spared? What was my higher purpose? Why was I put on this earth? You know, there must be a reason why all Eli's here. And I think, as people were dropping around me like flies, and I was, if anything, getting stronger, and richer, and wealthier, and thriving, I thought, hello. There's a reason for this. So you think that the reason that you didn't succumb to any of the illnesses that many of your Customers did. Is all of them. Well, virtually all of them, yeah. Is because there's some kind of higher purpose that you have yet to fulfil. I can't think of any other reason why why it would be the case. You know, I mean, I was out there in my in my in my underwear sometimes. I'd be out there on my wife friends, and there'd be, there'd be people there screaming and shouting and, and and screaming blue murder. I was out there in my underwear and I was absolutely fine. And I just thought, why is this? 
Why is this? Is is this is this some sort of forge? Am I being forged? Am I being made stronger? Am I being tempered like a like a sword, like a fine old fashioned broadsword? Is Eli being hardened, brought to a fine edge, like a samurai? Well, any sword, samurai sword. Pick a sword, like one of them, the good ones, the sharp ones. But not the not these bl- bloody ones in the Olympics these days with a ball on the end. I mean the old fashioned, you know, for actually sticking through your throat, like you know what I mean. Never mind this pad. Bzz, oh, I don't know, you're out. Bzz, oh, you're out. No, no, that's not fencing. Fencing should be a battle to the death. You're a big fencer. I've 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 hit, I've hit people with a sword many many times. You know, uh, there was no uh, no no mats involved and uh, fancy electronic gizmos, but uh, yeah. If you hit someone very hard with a heavy sword in the back of the knees, they will go down like a like a pack of cards. More from that interview after the beef forecast. Big, fatty, wobbling lumps of beef sweep in from the south while piping hot mince batters the north and west. Expect fewer surprise meat buffets and an absolute torrent of meat juices as winter turns to spring. And as always, put beef in a paella at your peril. And the milk prices. Curds and whey are at their biggest ratio of discrepancy since the Second World War, with one gram of curds only buying you 0.3 grams of whey. Keep checking the website for more as that develops. Elsewhere, hard cheeses are rising, while cottage and feta are continuing to flag. And for the first time, represented on the index are estimated black market rates. And as many expected, backstreet yard milk is flourishing, with direct from the udder drinking floating at around 40 cents for a minute of on-your-knees guzzling. Now back to our interview with Eli Roberts. So, uh, whatever the rights or wrongs of it were, yeah, Mosquito Mayhem is now a, an, an old chapter in your life. I've turned a page, yeah. Yeah, and um, you've brought me here to what you call your compound. Yes, where I believe you're you've started a church. Is that right? Well, we touched upon it, didn't we? I mean, uh, what is this higher purpose that, that all Eli's been preserved for? I've come to the conclusion there's only one explanation for it, and that is that I am. I'm chosen. Right. I am, I, am, I am a chosen person. I have a special duty to fulfill my prophecy, which is to, uh, to help people in this life and help them on the way to the next, uh, like I did for so many animals over the years and, well, and, and, and families uh, and mosquito mayhem. But, um, yeah, this is the compound. This is uh, not far from the original site of mosquito mayhem. Uh, this is all made by me and, and uh, I, I call them um, the persuasion. The persuasion, the persuasion, yeah, they may follow us. So these are the mem- the members of the church, the surviving ones, yeah. So how long have you been running this? Because Mosquito Mayhem closed down in the past six weeks or so. Yeah, so about five and a half weeks ago, I started. And you've already got a number of congregation. The, the persuasion, you've got eight, yeah, right, one, yeah. There was eight left. I mean, there was twelve, but I mean, uh, four of them. You know, I just want to unpack this a bit because um, I'm I'm not really fully understanding the setup of this religion so no it's very new isn't it it is new and i wonder if you could take me through it so most religions have a kind of deity that they worship or yes so you you have a deity like this well it's not as deity as such they had a bull called malcolm back in the day uh hell of a bull mind in his time you know very prolific breeder and i when his his time came and everyone's time comes you know bull bull human squirrel whatever you might be you know, I had, I had such respect for Malcolm that I decided to kill him with my bare hands. Did you give that honour to many animals? No, only Malcolm. I mean, usually they, 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 I stick him on a belt, you know, and there's a bolt in the head and the job done. But I mean, with Malcolm, I had too much respect for him. So I, I tried to strangle him. 
first of all. Uh, very, very big neck on a bull mine. I used a bit of rope and, and uh, like a tourniquet, like I made it with a, with a cricket bat. He wouldn't have it. He just kept, oh, he's, mm, mm, just bucking around there, you know, so strangling wouldn't work. Then I tried, uh, I tried to hit him over the head with uh, old Bertha. Your, your antique sword? Yeah, the flat side of it. I thought I'd catch him on a temple, but you know, nothing. Didn't even flinch. Eventually, long story short, 11 attempts later, I tried everything. I electrocuted him. I tried to have a bolt gun. I tried stabbing him, cut his throat. I tried to drown him in a, down the local baths. Uh, he just he just he just ran out the shallow end, moving. Uh, I, I hit him with a uh, with a tractor. Um, I buried him alive. I walked him down a train track. So he got smacked by a train and into city at him. 125 miles an hour, not a problem. I chucked him off the top of a car park. Uh, I tried everything with him, absolutely everything. You you name it, I tried it. But uh, you know, and in the end, I just thought, oh, look at him. Eleven times I've tried. This is God trying to tell me something here now. So you think that Malcolm was um, some sort of special God-like? I think he was preserved for a special purpose, just as I was. A channel, a conduit for the, for, for something higher, if you will. And uh, after the 11th time of trying to kill him, um, I thought, hello, this is something special here now. And I, I, was, I, I was up close to him and I could, you know, I looked at him in his one good eye that was left, you know, and, and through the scar tissue, he, I could see that he, he was smiling. I thought, he knows something I don't know, this boy. He knows something I don't know. And uh, he was in out of a state by this point, man. I mean, he was, he was just basically almost on like a, not so much, as a, almost like a sledge. It was, it, was, it, was, it was two pallets from a forklift truck that I, I'd lashed together, and he was just on there. And he looked up at me as if to say, oh, I think we're both here for a special reason, Eli. You know, but, I, but he was taking up time my time and, and, my, and you know I couldn't keep him alive man. He, was, he had a big appetite on him so uh, I had a tremendous respect for him at that point and I, I gave him some bleach to drink and that did it that did the trick at the end more from that interview after this hello Benjamin Partridge here I make the Beef and Dairy Network podcast to which you are listening this podcast is part of the Maximum Fun podcast network And that's why at the end of the podcast, it does this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. One of the things I really like about Maximum Fun is that all the podcasts are listener supported, i.e. they're paid for by donations from people like you. However, I don't have to spend every episode begging you for money because Maximum Fun consolidates all of that into one yearly, just once a year, thing called the Max Fund Drive, which is a, a two-week-long donations drive. Now, in America, apparently the, the concept of a, a drive, a donations drive, makes sense. In Britain, we don't really call it, call it a drive. Um, for us, a drive is like you go for a drive, like you get in a car and you drive to the beach and because your girlfriend's left you and you look at the sea and you eat crisps or chips, as Americans call them, and you contemplate the meaning of the horizon is the earth really round? Maybe those flat earth guys have... doesn't look round. I mean, it is round, but what I'm saying is this is a drive. This is a donations drive. I don't know why I was talking about the beach. Anyway, this only happens once a year. So please, in the knowledge that I will only do this once this year, please lend me your ears just for a few minutes. This is just, just once a year. It's like buying a Christmas tree or, or cleaning behind your microwave. So it boils down to this. If you like the show... 
and you'd like to support it, please go to MaximumFun.org and click Donate, where you can support the show by becoming a Maximum Fun monthly member. When you set up your subscription, you stipulate which Maximum Fun shows you listen to, and then your donation is split between them. So when you do it, you can click Beef and Dairy Network, and I will get some of your donation, and I'll be very pleased about it. I put a lot of time and effort into this show. A lot. Too much. <laughs> and we give it away for free. And, and this is your chance to give back to the show in whatever amount works for you. We are, as far as I know, the only fictional podcast for the beef and dairy industries out there, I think. And without you, it couldn't happen. When you become a monthly member of Maximum Fun, you are a vital role in the creation of this show. Listen support pays for, for the production of the show and make sure I can give the podcast the attention it needs. Making comedy like this show, if it can be called comedy, is the way I make a living. What I'm trying to say is this isn't a hobby that I do in between making tons of money at my lucrative office job. Basically, the amount of money that comes in in donations dictates how much time I, I can spend on this show. And I want to spend a lot of time on it because I really like it and I, I hope you do as well. You, you can donate at a wide range of levels down from the bottom level, which is $5 a month, um, up to the total baller level of $200 a month. If you're still not convinced, well, if you donate, not only can you feel warm in the knowledge that you've supported the show, but also all members will get access to special bonus episodes of every Maximum Fun podcast. That includes the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Uh, it's really good. The Beef and Dairy bonus episode is a recording of the live show that we did in London early this year. It's a really good one. And this is your only way of hearing it, um, unless you've got a time machine. In which case, what on earth are you doing here in 2017? Just spend the rest of your life hanging out in sweet, sweet 2006. Also, um, on top of the bonus episodes, there are a range of pledge gifts. For $10 a month, receive access to the bonus episode, plus an enamel pin badge with a design based on your favourite Maximum Fun show. You can go on the website and see them at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. The Beef and Dairy Network one is awesome. It's awesome. For $20 a month, you get access to the bonus episode, the enamel pin badge, plus a keep in touch kit, gift pack, nine custom postcards plus envelopes, a four-colour rocket pen, a rubber stamp, and a rocket-shaped candle. Perfect for spending a misty evening writing correspondence by candlelight, like you're in a Dickens novel. For $35 a month, you get all of that. All of it! Plus, engraved Max Fun beer mugs, and, and you can drink anything out of them. Not just beer. Uh, milk, cream, beef stock, blood, mercury. It's up to you. Uh, to look at the full range of pledge gifts available to you, go to MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. So, if you'd like to donate, which supports the show, gives you access to the exclusive bonus episode and gifts, and guarantees you a place in heaven, and I'm not talking about the, the crap bit at the edge of heaven, you get to hang out in the bit in the middle, with the clouds and the angels, the stuff they show on the adverts. And I, I'm, I'm talking, you're getting FaceTime with God, one-on-one -on -one time with the Holy Papa. That's not guaranteed. Go to MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Select the membership level that's right for you and don't forget to click the box saying you listen to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Your donation will come out every month until you cancel your subscription or you change your credit card uh, or the world ends, whichever comes first. So, why not do it now? If you're a computer, pause the podcast, go to MaximumFun.org, click on Donate and have a look. If you're in a car... Swerve dangerously across lanes of traffic, plough into a roadside picnic area, and while you wait for the emergency services to arrive, get up MaximumFun.org on your phone and click on Donate. And if you're midway through a big lamb meal, shame on you. 
Shame on you. I don't want your money. I don't want your money. Put it away. I don't want your money. So there we go. Thanks for listening to that. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Here's the rest of it. I tried to do a bit of research about your church. Right. And you've only been going for five weeks. so Five and a half. Yeah, there isn't that much out there. But I did find a website from the uh, husband of one of your congregation, Julie. Oh, yeah. Julie yeah, Atkins. Lovely Julie, yeah, yeah. Who has disappeared, or he's he seems to think she's disappeared. He, 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 hasn't, he hasn't seen her. Oh, she's dead, that's why. Well, that was going to be my question. Well, yeah, she is dead. Well, if you don't you ask me, I told him. Save me all the, all the hard work. When he phoned me up. Are you like, you haven't seen Julie? Yeah, she's dead, mate. Job done. Well, I, I, I will pass this on to him. Right. But he will have questions, I imagine, as to sort of how and why she died. Very simple. I mean, how was it? I, I tied, we tied her legs to one tractor, tied her arms to another tractor, and we drove in the opposite direction. She died. And was this... So would you have. So would he have. So would anyone have. I, yeah, of course. But is, was this a, a ritual? Was this to do... Did she want this to happen? She was very faithful. She was one of the one of the, one of the earliest uh, members of the persuasion, and she felt she had an inner strength, and she wanted to test it. So I said, "All right, well, you got two tractors at the back there. Got a Massey Ferguson and a, and a Ford. We'll tie your ankles to one and the wrist to the other, and test your inner strength and see how strong you are." And is that a test that she failed then? Well, you say she failed. I mean, the the wheel was spinning on the Massey for about 30 seconds. So I would say, you know, she would, did have strength. But she proved a valuable lesson to us all. You can have as much strength as you like. But at the end of the day, God is stronger. And if, and if Mr. Atkins, you know, David phoned me up and said, what's going on? And I said, well, come and have a look, man. Bring the kids. Can I be honest? Yeah. Knowing what I know about Judy and, and mm. what happened to her, it doesn't seem like um, like something I'd want to join. Especially because you've told me that you, you originally had 12 congregation members and now you're down to eight. Mm. Am I to assume that that deficit of four is accounted for by the kind of things that happened to Judy? Yeah, not the same thing, but similar things, yeah. Tests. Tests. Yeah. At that moment, the interview was interrupted by a knock on the door of the compound and Eli let in a small man who introduced himself as Barry Avon. Barry had been in correspondence with Eli after seeing one of the handmade paper flyers Eli had strewn across local parkland. So is this your first time at the compound? Uh, It's the first time that I've uh, met Eli face to face. Um, A bit nervous, you know, quite excited. But it's it's a form of awakening. And I think I'm, I'm ready f- for this now. I'd only spoken to him for a couple of minutes, but it was obvious to me that Barry was a vulnerable individual. I had my own cult, uh, my own following, my own sort of church for a while, which was called the uh, Covenant of, of the Taken. And w- what I do for that is find people, kidnap them and take them into my house and... You blindfold and, and you tie them to a chair for a, a week or two. And you pretend to be five or six other people. So I'd, I'd be an American, a friendly American. I'd be a nervous Scottish man. Different characters to sort of break that person. And sometimes I make them feel happy or sad or there was a chance of escaping. 
I tie them up, put them in a car, drive them around the block seven or eight times, and just drop them off. And I felt by doing that, I was giving people a chance to be reborn. So, But it's interesting that you've gone from someone who is in charge of a, uh, a movement. A of following. Your, of your own. Right. And now you've decided that you'd like to be on the other end of that. Yeah, there's an old saying that goes, the hunter becomes the hunted. And I think this is something that if it works properly will give me the opportunity to work hand in hand with Eli. And I think that if I can prove myself, I can work my way up the ranks. And eventually we can both hold hands together on the altar. While I spoke to Barry, Eli went to another part of the compound where he told us he would commune with the spirit of Malcolm in order to determine what Barry's test should be. When he returned, he told us that Barry would have to go outside to the central courtyard and submerge his head in urine. Basically, I'm going to fill a tank with urine now, the feeding trough, we're going to put Barry in there. And I think what Malcolm wants you to do, just to test if you're, if you're righteous, is you have to stay in there for at least a minute. So Barry, uh, this is the first time you've heard what's going to happen to you. You're going to have to try and immerse yourself under uh, a trough full of animal urine. Is it animal urine? Whatever we can find, I mean, I mean I've, I've got a tank up there, which is which is full of it anyway. It's uh, it's a, it's a mixture, if I'm honest. It, it's some of the persuasions, and some from the animals, some from you know. Great. So you're going to be immersed in that. How do you feel? I'm I'm psyched up and I'm ready. Uh, I think the last the last thing I went through like this was the time that I cooked two jacket potatoes and put them in a bra and put it on just to see how much pain I could take. So I think this is a step in the right direction. I'm I'm ready. Okay. So um, here we go. Right. Here we go. I just open the valves now and let the, uh, the urine come down from the gravity feed tank. There we are. Right, it's coming up quite fast now. Um, as I said, I mean, that's, uh, that's the urine for the past five and a half weeks of the original 12 persuasion and myself and Marjorie mixed with uh, various farmyard animals, um, most of which are no longer with us. Been there for quite some time. There's a very, very strong smell of ammonia. It's perfectly natural, that is. We're going to fill the trough up, and then when we get to a certain stage, uh, we're just going to just going to throw Barry in there. So Barry, yeah, you're watching the urine going in. Quite a strong smell. There's a bit of kickback off of that. Um, how are you feeling? <coughs> yeah, and I think it's, I think it's, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm ready to take it on. It's stronger than I thought, and there's a lot of steam coming off, which hopefully means there's there's a lot more warmth in there than I expected. I think we're nearly there. Okay. I'll just turn the barrel off now. Oh, that's a bit, a bit higher, mine, isn't it? Climb over the top now. So I'm just going to go up over the top. And do I have to kiss you or anything before I go no, in? No, 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 no. Do you have to hold your hand you. or anything? No, no, none of that. Just, uh... Okay. Ready? Just... Stay down there now. Get... Oh, is that bloody? Stick him down there with that. He's there. I'll keep his head down. Bloody. There we are. You like? Hold him over there now. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Oh, there we are. Lovely. Keep going now. I'm really quiet now. That's the the life force and the death force in that age-old struggle with each other. Keep 
faced death eleven times, Malcolm. At the twelfth attempt, Eli took his life. Oh, hit by a train, train stabbed with a sword, sword. electrocuted, used a bull we adore. What traditionally now I I, I I would move to you and you move back. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Move. Move. Barry had been successful in his test. And as he stood there, tepid urine dripping from his face, trading moves with Eli, it made me reconsider the value of what Eli has created. It was clear from his bright, piss-drenched face that this ceremony had given Barry a sense of purpose, a, a feeling of rebirth and belonging. Where do you see the future of the church going? You've currently got the eight congregation members. Uh, you've got That's the... probably going to go down to about six or seven by, by the end of the week. You've got some more tests coming? We've got a couple of tests this weekend now. Uh, and if, you know, if the previous tests are anything to go by, we're looking at about 70% failure rate. So we'll be done by one or two by the end of the week, and then we'll have a recruiting drive then. When you think about what you've achieved so far mm. and what you stand to achieve in the future, mm. what would Malcolm make of it if Malcolm was still oh, here? Oh, bloody old, dear old Malcolm. He, oh, I, do you know what? There's not a day goes, there's not a single second goes past, I don't think, of Malcolm. I'm thinking of him right now. I can see him now. Up on his rear legs there. Whoa, mounting a lucky heifer. What a fantastic beast he was. I think he'd look and he'd think, well, fair play to Eli, old boy. You know, you bested me. And uh, he'd have nothing but love and respect for me. Admiration. If you could speak to Malcolm, hmm. what would you say? Well, you say if, I do, is the honest answer. I, 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 I've got a Ouija board. And uh, I quite often put the cup on there and let, let Malcolm speak to me. I can just... Um, oh, oh. Mm. And uh, I, I speak back to him in, in, in his own language, speaking in tongues, which is ironic because he, he didn't have a tongue at the end. He was happy to go at that point. You know what I mean? I pulled you for two things. One is doing that. Two is moving. And by the, by the, by the, by his final days, I mean, I, he'd pull his genitals off by that point. And his tongue had dissolved. So, I mean, he was happy enough to shuffle off.
a big thanks to Eli for that interview. And if anyone is interested in joining the church, simply turn up at the compound with your bank details. May the spirit of Malcolm look down upon you from above and anoint you with his sacred bull musk. I offer myself to you, Malcolm. O holy Taurus, douse me in your essence every day. So that's all we've got time for this month. If you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to the website now where you can find all the usual stuff, as well as a gallery of the 20 best photographs of Malcolm and a print-at-home Malcolm face mask. Also, if you use a music streaming service, we've put together a playlist, which is perfect for putting on while you think about Malcolm. So, until next month, beef out. Thanks to Ed Gamble, Mike Bubbins, and John Rutledge. Thanks for listening to that episode of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. As I said before, this is Max Fun Drive Week, although it's two weeks. Max Fun Drive Two Weeks, where we are trying to get as many donations as possible in for the network to keep all this stuff going. So, as I said, this only happens once a year, so you only have to listen to this. I won't do this again until 2018 if we get there. Um, if you would like to donate to the podcast and to the network and to help us keep going, please go to MaximumFun.org and click on Donate and have a look at the range of gifts and things you get if you do so. It's brilliant. Secondly, if you already donate to the network, and I know so many of you do, I just want to say a huge thank you. You make this happen. So a huge thank you to you guys. Thirdly, I know loads of you um, won't want to or don't or can't, aren't in a position to donate, and that is totally fine, and I'm just very pleased you're listening. Um, if you want to support the podcast in a non- non-monetary fashion, just tell a friend. Just tell a friend, someone you think who might enjoy it, and say, hey, there's this podcast about the beef. It's fictional, but it's about the beef and dairy network. It's about a beef and dairy network. It's fictional. It's about the beef and dairy industries. It's not really about the. It's about like an imagined version of the. You know, it's hard to. I I know it's hard to uh, to describe. But if you've got a friend who would enjoy it, please let them know. And um, another great thing you can do to help us is to leave an, a review on iTunes, um, which helps people discover the podcast. So if you um, want to do that, please do that. If you've got any questions about the Max Fund Drive or donating or becoming a subscriber or anything like that please uh, don't hesitate to get in touch. You can Twitter us, um, tweet us at, at Beef and Dairy, or you can always send an email, uh, beefanddairynetwork at gmail.com, I think is the email address. <laughs> oh, maybe it's Beef and Dairy. Let me just check. Um, that shows how many emails we get, i.e. never any. There we go, beefanddairynetwork at gmail.com. So if you've got any questions, please get in contact, or even if you just want to get in contact. I love getting an email. Who doesn't love getting an email that isn't from LinkedIn? So there we go. That's the end of this Max Fund Drive episode. Um, as I said, I won't ask you money. I won't ask you for money again for another year. But if you would like to give money, um, it means I can concentrate and put some time aside to to make this show the best it can be. And and I love doing it. And I hope you love listening. And uh, if you do, then God bless you. And if you don't believe in God, then may the spirit of humanism embrace you. <laughs> and if if you're kind of skeptical about that sort of front-footed atheism, then, you know, thanks. Oh, God, I'm going to get emails now. So there we go. Uh, as I said, this happens once a year. I won't beg you for money again. I promise. Not for another year. Not until 2018. And who knows if we're going to see that year. You know, who knows if that's going to happen. Bye. MaximumFun.org. 
comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.